Flair.com presents Two Cents Worth, a podcast on B2B sales and entrepreneurship. The one podcast that's not afraid to discuss real sales strategies with real entrepreneurs that produce real results. Here's your host, James Harper. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Two Cents Worth podcast. I'm your host, James Harper. In today's episode, you're going to gain a lot of new insight and knowledge when it comes to marketing, communications, personal branding, and the whole nine yards just across the board when it comes to sales. I had the awesome opportunity to sit down with Alejandra Slatopolsky, who's a founder and partner in Scalto. When it comes to marketing, communications, personal branding, and sales, it's really important to blend all of those together and create a process. And that's exactly what Alejandra brings to the table. Um, She really is great at being a thought leader when it comes to personal branding, marketing, and then obviously translating that into sales. Typically, it's really hard to kind of take all of those areas and blend them together. A few things that we touch on in this podcast, which I think you are really going to love, are are just new and important topics uh, that we need to talk more about. The first one being the challenges that many women face in marketing and sales roles. I think it's really an overlooked topic, especially someone in my seat who's a male in, in a sales role. Um, there's a different set of challenges that women face in sales that just doesn't get enough attention and credit. And uh, she does a phenomenal job of just kind of breaking down a few of those challenges um, and just shares her experience of what it's been like kind of going from an entry-level position to now a CEO. Um, And it's a, a big reason why I talk about um, and why I labeled this podcast, How to Get a Seat at Any Table, featuring Alejandra Slatopolsky. Um, the second one being, and it's a topic we just cannot escape on the show, is the importance of personal branding and how that allows you to really develop credibility and have a seat at any table that you're speaking at. Um, personal branding is a topic that just keeps coming up on this show and it's coming up relating back to the sales process. And you're going to learn a lot from Alejandra and her thoughts on that. The last one being, uh, one of the most important pieces to sales, how genuine questions can allow you to teach and learn through the sales process. It's really important. As you know, that we ask genuine questions to our clients and our prospect Uh, prospects and then relate that back to um, a good sales experience. So you guys are going to love this episode. I'm super excited for you to hear it. So without any further ado, I welcome Alejandra Slatopolsky. Hey, Ali, thanks for joining me here today. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for uh, being on our show today. I'm super excited to uh, speak with you. I was kind of we were talking just a minute ago before we hit record and I'm kind of ashamed to say, but like you are like one of the first females we've had on this podcast and I feel like we need to do a better job of getting more um, diversity on this podcast, but uh, I'm just super excited to be talking to you. I would probably consider you a, uh, a female like thought leader in the FinTech sales realm from what I saw on LinkedIn and a lot of the content you create. So I just know it's going to be an awesome conversation. With all that being said, for simple introductions, why don't you just tell everyone kind of who you are and and what's the story of um, Allie? 
So Ale is um, Argentinian uh, American now, 20 years in America, mom entrepreneur, ex-corporate uh, world, and I've been specializing in financial services my whole life. I come from the financial services world, and um, but always from the business development side and the the marketing communication side of things. Um, and now I'm the co-founder of Scalto, which is uh, an agency that we help organizations scale uh, from a branding and communication standpoint. And um, really happy to be here and be one of your first women here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, why don't we just start there? Um, one of the questions I have for you and I'd like to kind of dive into in terms of topics is talking talk to me about like kind of women in tech and and the financial services realm and and just women in sales in general I think it's uh I think you have a really unique background obviously you're from Argentina uh, you you made yeah. your way here in a different country and then you're a female in a pretty male dominated dominated industry in financial services and then Obviously, you have a role in sales. Uh, what's that journey kind of been like? Like, what was your breakthrough? Well, it is a challenge. As you as you grow, you get more confident. Um, I'm not saying it's how can I put it. In Latin America, of course, it's even harder. The U.S. is a little more open in terms of diversity. Financial services plus Latin America plus technology. Yes, you won't find many women and you will be mansplained a lot. Sure. Um, at first, I did take it personally, but um, as you make your way through, you understand um, that you have to just let it go. I honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't pick any fights, <laughs> uh, but you just make your space and don't let anything um, get in the way of that. And you just show what you know and try to connect with people beyond whoever they are, wherever they come from, or if they're male or women. Yes, it is harder when you are surrounded by men. It is harder to ignore um, everything that, you know, happens in conversations among men sometimes. And that's a challenge, but I learned to actually laugh it off and say, hey, I'm here. Um, let's be a little more considerate or things like that, because that happens a lot. Um, and also, a lot of us women in, in financial services, what happens is that they sometimes they will put you in a role or they'll, you know, They'll fix your role to okay. You're you're the marketing girl, you know. Or let's let's put you in the events. Or and little by little, I did make my space into talking the same language as a CEO, which is what I actually specialize in. Right? I I know the business inside out for a fintech or for a financial services for a wealth manager for everybody. I know what they're doing and I know their challenges. So it's just a matter of elevating the conversation and making sure you're um, providing some value. And once they see that, they forget whatever, you know, who they have in front of them and say, okay, what can you add 
what value can you add to my business? Which is what I always focus on. You know, when, when we're talking sales, when we are talking marketing, the idea is that you have to focus on what value you can bring to the organization to power up the business strategy they are developing. Um, you know, whatever the CEO has in mind, whatever they want to go, um, each area has to have that mentality, right? You want to make sure that every area in your organization is behind your objective and contributes to it. So whenever you you are facing a leader and you are being, you know, put into a box, my main recommendation is just remind them what their goal is or ask them what their goal is and tell them how you can contribute to it. And then they'll take you out of that box. Hmm. Consider hmm. you into a conversation. I like that. And I think that's really well put. It sounds like you really had to like hone in on a lot of leadership skills early on and just clear communication skills uh, early on. What would you, uh, I'm just curious, like what would you give one piece of advice for like a young woman entrepreneur young woman leader kind of venturing into the B2B sales world um, or any kind of, you know, male dominated industry. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to like that 21 year old up and coming female leader? Don't uh, let them talk down on you. There's always something that you can contribute. Um, it's very common to find, you know, a table full of men and, you know, you, you say something and they say, okay. And then another person, you know, a man will repeat it and they'll say, oh, that's a great idea. That's very common. At least it used to be when I was younger. Um, I think that trying to identify firstly who you know it's going to respect you because there are a ton of men out there. You know, I had a great mentor, CEO, that was a great mentor to me. And he, you know, I could really feel like he was respecting me and really absorb from them what you can do and ask them what you can do. That's one. And the other one is, yeah, don't, you know, be confident. I, there's a value that we have in Scalto that we call it humbly confident. Hmm. Know what you know and know what you don't. And make sure you, you, you state what you know and ask what you don't. Um, I also was a journalist. So in my conversations are always about asking questions and questions and questions. And through questions, you can show a lot and you can learn and teach a lot. I love that. Know what you know and know what you don't. Um, really well said. And I think that's awesome that that's kind of like a, a core saying within your company. Um, I was told early on some of the best advice you can say in business is, hey, listen, I'll get back to you. <laughs> like, right. I, I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. And uh, there is something, especially now in the world of social media and content creation and just us putting ourselves out there staying in your lane and really not having to be an expert or a know-it-all and everything and that kind of actually brings me to my next question you have a really strong personal brand alley and i saw like it looks like you are a contributor of content i believe on forbes don't quote me on that you can tell me if i'm wrong um 
but I saw this content you were putting out there and um, I was just really kind of curious, how have you leveraged your personal brand to kind of benefit you throughout your whole kind of like entrepreneurial journey? Well, you were asking me before we before we just hit record, you know, what is it that you want out of this? And I think that more and more since all of these content marketing strategies started and all the social media profiles, just be authentic and share your knowledge. Um, that's all I do. And that has resulted not into direct sales. I'm not looking for direct sales. My my sales are, they are a consultative process. We have our process, but it's not about direct lead generation. But what happens was, is, sorry, that whenever I get to the table, I have a little more credibility in front of the person. Hmm. So I remember, and this is going to tell my age, I remember sitting with a CEO that asked me, oh, what do you mean? What's a CEO? Or, you know, why do I need, even like, I remember he asking me, why do I need a website? I was like, okay, you need something that people see before you get to the table that represents you in a good way. And that saves you time in building rapport and building trust. So whatever you do, think about that. You're building rapport and trust before you sit on the table or in the next call with your prospect. Yeah, I love that. We talk about the no like trust strategy in sales. People have to know who you are, they have to like you, and then they trust you for business to happen. I really view it no differently when it comes to your personal brand. And uh, one of my most popular pieces of content is people buy from people. Rarely do they actually buy from companies, especially when it's high level B2B sales. And um, we had a guy on the show named Ruben Alvarez and he said something really interesting. He has a strong personal brand. He goes, my personal brand helps me get deals done faster. Like, so it's just like, kind of like you just said, when you're at the table, there's a new level of credibility and it's just a common theme I see amongst like the leaders I have on the show, like yourself, like there's strong personal brands to back that and there's value, there's knowledge, there's um, all of that that you guys are putting out into the world and in return, people perceive you a certain way. Um, yeah, let me add something to that. I know it intimidates a lot of, uh, a lot of people. It, it is really intimidating to create content. So mm -hmm. what I really recommend all the time is find the format in which you feel comfortable. In my case, like when I started, I, I started my own podcast, I said, you know, where is it that I'm comfortable? I'm comfortable in one-on-one -on -one conversations. I honestly, let me tell you a secret that's not a secret anymore. I hate networking events. Like I hate going from one person to the other, to the other, to the other. I want to just connect with one person and have fun. So I, you know, I sort of had myself to be in a space in which I'm comfortable. And that's the same for content creation. Um, do you write? Go ahead and write. Do you like, you know, speaking? Do a podcast. Do you like video? Whatever it is that makes you comfortable. I have my, my partner. She loves doing doodles. Like she, she does amazing concepts and graphics 
So we're going to start, like, we're starting to record her explaining oh, cool. her graphics, right? So do whatever makes you comfortable and wherever you flow. That's very important to me. I, I think that's really well said, and I haven't heard it phrased like that before. Like, just obviously when we're comfortable, we're more inclined to do. Um, when you first started out kind of leveraging your personal brand, creating content, um, I'm sure there's ultimately a little bit of uncomfortability when you start. Um, how did you find that comfort zone? Like, and, and like, when when did you start feeling like, okay, this is this is a net positive for me right now, creating this content. Like, when did you feel that momentum pick up? Um, so my first, the first part of the question, my first inclination, I, this was back when the pandemic started. I'm a, you know, I started journalism. I always loved journalism. Um, and I always, and years before that, I've always worked with coaches and the coaches would always ask, um, when do you flow? You know, when do you feel hmm. you know, that you're having the most fun at work? And I said, well, that's when I'm doing strategy sessions with prospects or clients. You know, when I'm talking to them, challenging them, going back and forward, and it's an interview stuff. So when the pandemic started, you know, I was like everybody else going nuts. And um, I said, let me do something that it's not for money. It's not for, you know, it's not to really to look for anything out of it. Just find whatever I like in my job and do it. So that's how I started the podcast. And I said, okay, let me just chat with people. And I did that. And at first, of course, it's uncomfortable. I'm like stiff and asking really hard questions and trying to. Then little by little, you know, you go one after the other after the other. And... So the second part of the question, when I saw that it benefited, is when in a conversation with a prospect, they say, oh, I saw your podcast. Or I can, you know, I can say, look, in my latest podcast or in the podcast that I interview somebody in your position, why don't you go take a look at that? Hmm. So that, that's when, when it really clicked and it made, it made sense to me. I think you point out something really well there kind of leveraging the content you do end up creating to reference back in your sales process. Uh, it's funny you say that. I literally just sent a podcast link on a topic to not even a prospect, but maybe a potential prospect yesterday. And that was kind of unintentional, but being intentional about that can go a long way. And again, builds that credibility, that no like trust credibility. Um, I think that's really well said. And I, again, it's just a trend I keep hearing among salespeople um, for the last 12 months now is leveraging that personal brand. And then salespeople are becoming content creators. Um, talk to me about just B2B sales and in, in the financial services realm. This is where I know like this is where your experience is, um, FinTech. And I'm curious how you see the sales process or how you separate yourself in, in within the sales industry in, in fintech. The reason I say I'm curious about that is financial services, you know, it's a, it's a trust first industry, right? So, and there's so much out there in the fintech world, financial services world. How do you separate yourself when you're selling a service in the financial realm? So, um, 
I think there are a couple of keys. One, um, I go back to authenticity, try to reach out to um, it's to be as human as possible. That's one. Two, marketing and sales, I consider them processes. Um, I always say marketing is much, much um, more boring than people think because it's about a process and continuing the follow-up and the, you know, and making sure that you have a good setup CRM and good follow-up system, good content to share for the follow-ups, etc. And a lot of self-discipline. The best salespeople I've seen in B2B, they're just disciplined. They're really good about following up, about having the right information about people, about making, you know, checking their background and going back and saying, hey, I know I can add value this way or that way. Regarding fintech, um, a ton of fintech I've seen, they end up going too much into the um, software sales mm -hmm. uh, realm of selling. And sometimes it's a little extreme and you want to make it a little more consultative. So I know a fintech, of course, you know, you want to do it as massive as possible and if possible, even like self-service. But in the B2B realm, um, you need to find exactly what makes that person click. Um, and actually, I just thought one of the exercises we do with our clients is um, we try to find exactly what reasons for engagement your target has with you, your stakeholders. Hmm. So generally, we prioritize one, two or three profiles, not more than three profiles, and work on defining what are the rational uh, reasons to engage but also what are the emotional reasons to engage? And those are harder, but those are the ones that drive purchase. Absolutely. I so love that. I you love always that. have those. And like, even when you do your landing pages, make sure that your main call to action, your, you know, your, the top of your page is your emotional reason to engage, not your rational one. Because that's a very, like, that's a very common thing with financial services and fintech. How do you find uh, those kind of key factors, those emotional reasons to engage? How do you kind of like uncover that? You need to see it in, you know, get really into the, you know, the, the position of your stakeholder. You know, where do they stand? And the other day we were even doing it with a, with a client that's actually not in financial services. They're in um, cybersecurity. And they said, yeah, well, basically, it's very easy. It's fear. And we uncovered, yeah, most, most of uh, their competition works with fear. Yeah, they're going to, you know, your business is going to come down with any attack. That's the easy way. But we said, okay, why don't we, why don't we differentiate with the, from the competition and say, no, let's not talk about fear. Let's talk about the upside. Let's talk about how we can make your company grow through a good cybersecurity structure protection. And then what are the emotional reasons why um, um, a CTO will, will hire them? It's more in the realms of, okay, I need to protect my company, but also it's a matter of ego. 
So mm-hmm. you get deeper into that and say, hey, yeah, no, I, you know, I'm the Superman here. Let me show <laughs> you. I'm, I'm, I'm protecting everybody here. So in finance, it's, it's similar too. If you, you know, a lot, we talk about protection. Everybody talks about protection and growth and da da da. So it gets tiring, right? Um, so you wanna you wanna find something that is more specific. We do a lot of um, a lot of work on productizing and making niche offerings. That's very important too. Uh, you mentioned that before. It's like you have to find your niche, and when you find your niche and the specific product for your niche, the sale is so much easier. Agree. So Agree. They say, uh, I think the old adage is true. The more niche, the more rich. And I know yeah. it, sound, it sounds cheesy, but man, it's been true. I used to sell everything to everyone. And now we we have a very specific target and we even have a target within that target. And it's been, what did that allow us to do? It allowed us clarity, which is a competitive advantage. And then we're so valuable to that target. We tripled our prices to what I used to be able to charge. So, I mean, that's what happens when you're very specific. Productize your offer, then it's that much more. Exactly. Exactly. Um, This is incredible stuff here today, Ali. Um, I always like to end my show um, one specific way. I have a white box and a black box. Uh, Random questions. I've never read them before. Anything can come out of these boxes. Um, (laughs) What uh, We ask our guests to... uh, um, choose a box and we ask you a random question and that's how we end the show. So I'll ask you white box or black box. Mm, let's do with the black. Okay. I, I promise you 80% of my guests pick the black box. But, but, the, but the tougher <laughs> questions are... For some here. reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which talent, Ali, would you like, uh, would you most like to have? Which kind of what? What talent? talent? Yeah, if you could have any talent, talent. in the world. Yeah. What would you like to have? Uh, I would love to be able to sing. I'm a horrible singer. I don't even sing in the shower because I'm so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Singing singing is definitely a special talent. So we won't ask you to sing. I won't ask you to sing, I should say. um, (laughs) That would be an awesome talent to have. Ali, thank you so much for all the great information today. Um, if people wanted to kind of find you and follow you, we'll link everything in the show notes. Um, where can people learn more about you, Allie, and like learn more about Scalto, your company? Um, go ahead and plug it here and, and we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, go ahead and visit scalto.com or email me at Alejandra S at scalto.com. Awesome. And we'll, you know, set up a quick intro Yep, absolutely. I definitely encourage anyone listening to um, take her up on that. And then um, follow Ali on LinkedIn, which we will also link on the show notes um, here below. So um, Alejandra, Ali, um, thank you so much uh, for joining the show today. And uh, would love to maybe uh, have you back for a second episode and get a little bit more specific on your consulting process. I think how your connection and what you bring to your clients would be really interesting to learn more about, but thank you so much for your time today. Would love to be back. It was a ton of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you.